0: if garage is the right way to pronounce it in the garage podcast i'm uh i'm brent yes it took me a little while to realize what my name is and i'm uh here with my co-host eric uh i
1: only a co-host to you
0: um in this in this situation yes but a long time friend that's better um occasional lover
2: yes
0: and uh uh, I'm not going to get into any more dirty details there, uh, they're for a much more mature audience. That's how I say mature, I say mature. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, um, I'm talking right now because this is the uh, album that I chose, and because I'm a very smart guy, instead of choosing an album that I've listened to about a million times, I've listened to I will, well, the, we're doing an album that I've listened to a decent number of times, but for a band that I've never fully gone into, but ha- still appreciate on ma- many uh, levels. So, the album is Heaven or Las Vegas. And the band is Cocteau Twins. Not the Cocteau Twins, I made sure I had to say that right, because it's the Smashing Pumpkins, for instance. And, uh, yeah, anyways, just oh, Cocteau what, Twins.
1: What would the fun be in doing an... Episode 3 on a band we've listened to a thousand times. It's not very challenging.
0: No, it's not challenging. And actually, um... I like this album. Uh, I wanted to choose it because I thought there was something... There was a challenge in it, but there's... I don't know, it's kind of a sentimental, lovey-dovey sounding album. And usually when I hear music that sounds like that or that could be described like that, I'd say, oh, that's going to be utter shit. But, uh... This is a fantastic album. Um, it does have some weaker songs on it, but doesn't have bad songs. Their worst songs are still good. And it's mostly an album I think it's worth talking about because it finally took, at least in my opinion, it finally took the um, incredible abilities of maybe the most talented singer in, in recorded history, at least in my opinion, up there. Not saying she's the best, yeah. but the most talented and gifted and um, and finally did her voice right for and it fit the music better than it ever had before with any of her other albums so if I uh go a little bit into the Cocteau Twins or sorry ah geez I just said I'm gonna say it right it's not the Cocteau Twins just Cocteau Twins anyways <laughs> There's Scottish band that formed in uh, Grangemouth. I'm sure everyone here has been to Grangemouth, or probably Grangemouth, because, you know, the British don't like to, to read things as they sound, even though they invented the fucking language. But anyways... I like to go
1: there on the weekends.
0: Yes, yes. It's lovely. Place. Although, I, I do I do need to visit Scotland someday. That would yeah. be nice. But, um, yeah, the um, farthest place I've ever been to is Chicago, for anyone who cares which is just about nobody, but anyways, um, yeah, they're from there, and they formed in 79, they were active until about 97, Mm -hmm. and they, they're a big, a big uh, group in terms of the history of, um, I'd say, uh, what came out of New Wave and and post-punk, but there was something beyond that, they, at least to me, they, they pioneered what, we would know today as dream pop. Yep. There, um, if if there's a band that sounds like generally speaking not nearly as good, but that is comparable and that became famous off of their sound, is uh, the Cranberries. Yeah. For anyone who's listening who hasn't listened to Cocteau Twins, maybe, I mean, you probably heard the Cranberries. If And if you don't know who the Cranberries are, you will know them for songs like Dreams, which is in a ton of commercials and is incredibly dreamy. And it makes sense because that's the name of the song. Then they have uh, classics such as Linger and heavier uh, grunge-influenced songs like Zombie. Um, But yeah, anyways, I'm not here to talk about them, who I don't mind but also never got into. But uh, to talk about this, I don't know, this. uh, I just say this pioneering... Uh, band Founders that is
1: of dream pop
0: maybe maybe i'm not yeah. i'm not an expert but they are definitely they definitely set a, a an impressive template much to the much in the same way that uh, my bloody valentine did for shoegaze and in in many ways i would consider um cocktail twins to be proto shoegaze but i mean that might sound like bullshit because you think oh shoegaze that's you know that's a uh, heavy dreamy music that is about you know layers and layers of uh effects pedals and distorted guitars and cocteau twins didn't exactly have that uh yeah. cocteau twins
1: they had uh layered guitars especially on
0: not 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 heavy guitars not though. heavy
1: but they were layered
0: no no definitely layered yeah. especially in this album but if you listen to their earlier stuff i'm not sure if you have but well, uh it's it's hit or miss the first album actually isn't isn't that great in, yeah. to my in my opinion although i don't mind the i i do like the song pearly Dew drops drop or sorry pearly Dew drops drops but anyways um yeah the group was uh successful in the uk um to an extent but sort of in an indie way they they didn't get they weren't as popular as say a group like the smiths they never reached stone roses or not wait, not even close to like Oasis' popularity. If you're going to talk about like uh, uh, British alternative bands, and they never really got big in the U.S. Their biggest album went to number 78 on the American charts, and that was Four Calendar Cafe in 1993. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, I was watching a performance of them, and um, they're playing the song Bluebeard on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Really? And Jay Leno, you know he's you know trying to push the album at the start he's just like wonderful stuff it's like jay leno stop being a fucking hack right now okay (laughs) i know it's probably impossible for you and that fucking chin of yours but (laughs) no no, i don't really hate him as much as people are supposed to oh i know team (laughs) coco team coco all the way for you okay that's fair and actually conan o'brien would probably listen to music like this um but no i don't uh i don't think he's as uh Jalen was as dead inside to say someone like Seinfeld, so I don't have that kind of feeling towards them. But yeah, no, I get I get what you're saying. Um, but anyways, yeah, they were on there and they're they're performing their song Bluebeard, which um, is is a pretty terrific song. It's actually more reminiscent of uh like nineties alternative rock in general than the majority of their catalogue is, and it makes sense is from nineteen ninety three. And the group, um, as individualistic as their sound is they're definitely influenced by whatever scenes were going on but anyways they're performing this song and she goes she improvises elizabeth fraser and um i don't think it's terrible i i like some parts of it but i definitely prefer the single version and she just kind of goes off the rails a bit you know does her classic speaking tongue swirling around her words i mean not like you can ever understand what she's saying for the most part yeah. um but yeah and uh yeah, it, I don't know, just look at Jay Leno's reaction after he's just like <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Like this isn't awesome. this is check it out or send me the link. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do that afterwards. But anyways, uh I'll try to go back into their history a little bit. They release um they started releasing albums in their early 80s and they have many EPs as well, but they they start hitting their stride with their album Treasure, which has, to me, some wonderful, I would consider like chamber pop melodies because they just, I don't know, you, I hear the music and, you know, you hear, hear all these like, you know, you kind of hear classical elements in it, like almost like it's in a church, but it's very, it's what people would consider uh, ethereal wave or gothic rock, you know, that sort of dark, yeah. new wave music but there's something else to it because it's not about rhythm and 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 that's the thing this band generally um you describe their sound as ethereal you know like something that's like light and sort of i don't know how you say it like dreamlike and spiritual and all that stuff it's like very hazy sounding but um but they weren't very rhythm rhythmically uh i would say strong or oriented they didn't have a drummer they used drum machine and they actually opted to have a guy who do bass and keyboards so like you think at least in my head I'm thinking like you couldn't get a drummer before that you couldn't get a drummer for before a goddamn keyboard <laughs> but you know this uh this band was you know is they were they're very different and I was going to say as comparing them to shoegaze before in a sense but they are too um To me, to vocals, what My Bloody Valentine was to guitar. They revolutionized the way that, well, I don't know if, like, uh, I'm not sure about you, Eric, but I'd say, like, a very large chunk of um, modern indie pop bands are influenced or fairly large ripoffs of My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. How many bands do you hear that have like a that like very dreamy, distorted, fuzzy guitar yeah. like that pillow rock that I'm calling it pillow rock? It's pathetic sounding, but I mean, like, <laughs> it's just like fluffy kind of I'm drunk or high kind of music. Like it, it brings you to another world. And
1: I can't really, I can't really think of a band who goes like an indie band who goes full out.
0: War. Like, like you ever hear it? Listen yeah, to war. I, I
1: listen to them, actually.
0: Um, Don't they kind of do it?
1: I guess. They're a little no, bit heavier though, aren't they? No,
0: they're they're heavier. I'm not saying like they're 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 like their creed compared to Pearl Jam. <laughs> like like you they're not like they're not like Pearl Jam, obviously. But I'm just like, you know, what creed is to Pearl Jam were is not to Yeah. To my belief Valentine. They don't totally disgrace the sound. But uh yeah, anyways, this this group, um they they've been around for a while and um they have some decent music. That led up to Heaven or Las Vegas, and, I mean, Bluebell Bell Gnome, I think, is underrated. Um, right. It
1: might be my favorite, actually.
0: Yeah, you know, I'd have to get back into it. It's been a while, but uh, Carolyn's fingers always yeah. strikes me as um, one of the greatest vocal performances to me in history, where she speaks in tongues, her, her voice kind of flutters like a bird, like it sounds mm. retarded. It well, sounds just... like... She pretty used, much uh, uses
1: her voice like an instrument.
0: Yes, yes, she definitely has. That's a note that I had. Thanks for stealing it, and I'm I'm not actually mad. I mean, thanks because I probably would have forgotten otherwise. You're but me. yeah, um, I don't know. It's uh, there's not a lot to, uh, else that I have to say except that I wish Elizabeth Fraser made more music. Yeah, and she did, She does have some indie stuff. But I wish, like. I wish they had this sound for more than one album. The album Heaven or Las Vegas is—it's um, a tight-sounding album. It's got a consistent sound that goes throughout the album, much like a Loveless or like a like a Nevermind for Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I know I said Nirvana after Nevermind, like that should be a no-brainer. But hey, I don't know who's listening. Maybe someone who's uh, done nothing but listen to Owl City their whole lives.
1: Yeah. Oh, we should do them next. <laughs>
0: So anyways, um, Heaven or Las Vegas comes out in 1990, it's their sixth album, and they start out with the album Garlands, which, eh, whatever, is okay, Head Over Heels, then Treasure follows Treasure.
1: I feel like they didn't get good until Victoria Land.
0: Oh, you don't like Treasure at all? You don't like uh, the I Evo like some and- I
1: like songs off of Treasure, I like, uh- I think Lorelai
0: is probably my favorite. Lorelai is really good. Um, Treasure is often considered their second or their best album, but... Really? I, I, yes, yes, Treasure is considered a strong one. Um, yeah, but they didn't... I don't know. They didn't get into the... Like, um, I, I, I think that they... Like, I don't know exactly. I think it's might have been around 84 or so. Maybe it's later. But, like, si- Simon uh, Raymond, uh, he was needed for the band. Like, yeah. his... his his bass work in Heaven or Las Vegas mm-hmm. is very good. And the album is weird because it feels like there's so many 80s influences going on, but it feels like it's turning the corner into the 90s. Like the shimmering guitar of yeah. Robin Guthrie has that. It's like it's it's high pitched or whatever, and it's got a bit of that 80s sound to it, but it's, it's less, I don't know, like the album to me doesn't sound very shallow at all. It sounds like a very deep album. Yeah. And... It makes sense considering what Elizabeth Fraser was going during through during the recording. It was the album was released, I believe, just around a year after her her daughter was born. And there's lots of songs about motherhood and pregnancy, mm-hmm. and sometimes some of those moments come out at there. And even though like it's hard, like you're like, oh, this isn't a great lyrical group or whatever, but she doesn't always go off the rails with her singing. She's in this album, I think, it's good because you know. Like I don't know how to say it, but I think early on she had like Freddie Mercury syndrome and no that's not a that's not a homophobic remark <laughs> that's not what this is about um she has Freddie Mercury syndrome in the sense that she she's she's kind of a flamboyant singer, and the music's all over the place um yeah. early on in many ways and um while there still are some strong songs, it seems like the band's trying to be too much about her and she actually comes out stronger when the band is, is focused and they have a strong pop sound, which is what comes out in Hev- heaven or Las Vegas. So yeah. if we go through the tracks one by one, well, should we do that now? Are you ready? Uh, or do you have any, do you well, have any comments or about music?
2: That's well, uh, se- um,
1: sure. When did you start getting into dream pop? Cause I mean, we both went from being major grunge, grunge heads. Yeah. that was mostly what we listened to. I mean, for me, I think probably sev- seven years ago, eight years ago, I started getting into it. I mean, I discovered My Bloody Valentine and obviously they're a shoegaze band. But right. discovering them kind of opened the door to discovering Dream Pop. And then I found <laughs> the band Always. Right, right. They really set off my love of Dream Pop
0: right right um did i did i introduce you to my blade valentine i believe i did I always you did, yeah. you did for me but uh i don't know how i discovered them i'm not sure if i was reading a pitchfork list or if it was just an influence of I think... because i know we... i know that's uh sorry i'll let you go but Siamese dream and was, um, that, yeah. was influenced by it and you can definitely hear it yeah and also um uh i believe maybe uh the album Copper Blue by Sugar, uh, Bob Mould's second band. Or maybe it was your favorite thing. But your favorite thing has a song called Gift, which is a terrific song. And it's got, it's a fast song. It's got the Husker Du punk style in it. But the the guitar is so, it's got like, it's so heavy, but it's also got that My Bloody Valentine polish. And he said that, uh, Bob Mould said that he, he thought Loveless was terrific and that influenced his Uh, recordings later so yeah I'm not sure exactly when I got into it Eric but I basically described my music discovery in this sense I listened to the radio okay Mm -hmm. music was shit I wasn't a music fan I I didn't even really I wasn't an artistic person because I was into sports and and entertainment or when I when art like the way I consumed art was basically entertainment purely entertainment no emotional attachment think James Bond think Batman yeah um uh think, well, I mean, Simpsons has some sappy stuff, some emotions or whatever, but it's, it's still humor. Um, and then I got into musically. Embarrassingly enough, Nickelback and Our Lady Peace started off because that was rock radio. You Rock you could hear on Canadian pop radio stations because that's what they play. Yeah. And I abandoned that. And then um, uh, my brother got into ACDC. I'm like, hey, this is actual real rock. And then uh, Michael, I won't mention his last name, but may he rest in peace. Very funny, strange, and kind of stupid guy. <laughs> um, he got me into Nirvana. He he had a Walkman, and oh, I would, he, he, or maybe it's not technically a Walkman. That's like the, the cassette thing, but like a Discman oh. for people who don't know. Man, you lived through that era, and you still don't remember it. No, no, no. Oh, okay
1: why i was surprised is i was thinking he had a cassette tape and this was like mid 2000s
0: right 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 well even by then like you know ipods start coming out but yeah. he had a cd but anyways i digress um yeah he got me into nirvana and nirvana was it was great heavy catchy music and it's weird but it was like it was it was quality music i love nirvana right away i started getting to grunge more like, um, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. And, uh, I will be talking about Soundgarden a little bit more briefly. But, um, yeah. And then, but Nirvana with, um, especially with stuff that was like unreleased off the album and in utero and also MTV Unplugged with Nevermind. I knew they're a catchy band. They can make some great music. But, but because those the songs I was listening to off Nevermind initially were mostly the singles, mm-hmm. I didn't get, get into Nirvana's emotional depth as much. I knew there was more to them than just being catchy and heavy. And there's a lot of good anger that, I don't know, the anger kind of that I felt growing up. Not that I was an incredibly angry person, but I, was, I, I just couldn't stand a lot of people. I thought people were very shallow in many ways, and they didn't. Uh, and, like, I, I mean, I was too in many ways, but I didn't i didn't really want that i want i want people to strive for more than listening to nelly's it's getting hot in here so take off all your clothes or whatever he was doing like there was some bad music in the 2000s like i'm not one of those guys eric i know you're the same like me you're not going to grow up and say back in my day the music was better it's like it might be but we still know the music was generally shit yeah even when nirvana was peaking they still had so many bad pop groups Mm -hmm. on the radio madonna was still big yeah like like it's beyond that kind of stuff but yeah but anyways but the rock was pretty bad too for us i would say with a few exceptions yeah but anyways i'm getting away from this um yeah so nirvana basically led the way to more grunge i found grunge was i mean sometimes people think of it as depressing but to me was a perfect combination of power and beauty Mm -hmm. It, it wasn't pussy music but also wasn't like dumb jock hair metal bullshit I mean I know that's a stereotype Whining about that stuff it's like something Kirk Cobain would do when he's he's pissed off but seriously that's like that's a lot of bad music or even even classic rock classic rock to me um I mean Led Zeppelin has some depth to it. it's not my style but like I can appreciate that they were good at what they did yeah. but for the most part I've, I've found so much music that I heard before to be just about um nailing chicks and you can hear it in the songs like there's not there's nothing inspiring to me and as much of a bad rap as grunge got for being depressing it's mostly to me it's like their endings were depressing i don't find like okay allison chains legitimately has some depressing music and but they have some
1: depressing out of the grunge bands
0: they are and you know what they still have some Downright like I like depressing music in the first place, but they have some beautiful moments on an album like *Jar of Flies*, which I think we should cover one of these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nirvana had it. Um, just like even songs like *Sliver*, like little slices of life about growing up, are beautiful. You have, um, you got the anger that that comes out from, uh, Pearl Jam that you can hear in the frustration songs like *Black*. Um, which we've covered the last time we were, did this, which is a little while ago, but uh, I don't know, and like a Soundgarden, just, I don't know, many, well, I mean, now the song has more, I don't know, maybe perhaps more meaning and it's more haunting, but a song like, like Suicide from Soundgarden. Yeah. Just a, a beautiful brooding song, and it was still a powerful, heavy song, and that's, grunge made me look at music in a way that was, I looked for beautiful moments for um just the emotion whether it was angry or whatever like to me music was about emotion it was it's and it's a imme- more immediate more immediate than a movie like movies movies have emotion or whatever but you have to build up like 30 minutes of plot to feel something at least to me for yeah. the most part yeah. you know it's like music is the ultimate re- emotional release when it comes to art more so than um more so than beautiful paintings this and that and yeah so anyways i'm i'm i might seem to be going off course or going nowhere with this but Um, because of grunge, I got into, like, maybe lighter forms of rock music, even things that aren't rock. If it wasn't for Nirvana, I wouldn't actually be listening to, you know, Wagner or Beethoven or Liszt, like, these classical composers. I wouldn't actually listen to them if it weren't for Nirvana. Nirvana changed my whole music listening philosophy. I wouldn't be listening to old-time country, and I wouldn't be listening to dream pop or indie rock. And... So, anyways, it was, um, Cocteau Twins is something I basically started listening to because when I was reading about shoegaze and, like, that, that sort of music, I mean, there's obviously bands like Ride that came up, but more, uh, separate from that were groups like Cocteau Twins, and I just, I saw the name, I tried to listen to some songs, and I heard Heaven or Las Vegas, and I'm like, this is fucking good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I that's how i got into uh dream pop i mean i i i never got really into the cranberries but i always really liked linger i thought there was some beautiful stuff and you can definitely hear with dolores or that she takes like she's a skill she was well she's dead now but she was a skilled um vocalist like elizabeth frazier but i found that even sometimes when she'd go off into her little gaelic irish rants you know in songs like dreams that it was kind of annoying like the snarl in her voice not that she was a bad singer, yeah. but well, I think but the
1: ending of Dreams kind of gets
0: it's annoying. it's too much, and even in like not that I can't take her seriously at all in Zombie, but I don't think that's not her style. No, it's uh, song, and but... it's a it's a good mm-hmm. song, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it she doesn't compare to um Elizabeth Fraser, who's more of a reclusive singer had opportunities to come back with a band and reform. She declined them. She's been sort of in and out of music um, since the nineties. But yeah, anyways, um, Eric, tell me how you got into dream pop and then we'll get into this uh, track listing.
1: Uh, well, like I always said, like, um,
0: you said a little,
1: it all started with all discovering always. I don't Mm -hmm. think I'd listened to any actual dream pop. Before right. I got to them, it was mostly just shoegaze. Like I would listen to like Jesus and Mary Chain and My Bloody Valentine. Right. Um, yeah. I'm trying
0: to think of. FYI, for those who don't know what we're talking about, I think shoegaze basically is heavy dream pop. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I go
1: on. Uh, I can't remember if there's any other bands really. Maybe The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, but their their first albums were. More uh, shoegazy. But yeah, I don't know. I guess seven, eight years ago, once I discovered Always, that really opened things up, not just for Dream Pop, but for mm-hmm. indie rock in general. I started finding other bands, mm-hmm. other artists. Um, and then through right. so through that, I found like Beach House, which uh, is another Dream yes. Pop band and that I love. I think you like them a lot, too. Um,
0: yes, yes. Beach House is terrific. Actually, I was just watching a... Um, a little I don't know, maybe last week. Uh Pitchfork top ten I know it's a cliche, Pitchfork your hipster, whatever, but the yeah. top ten Dream Pop albums and there were two from Beach
1: House?
0: The only group with two I believe was Beach House. Really? Uh and I can't remember the names of their albums. Uh, I don't know why I'm so probably... stupid, but I just can't it wasn't the there's that very it was a white album.
1: Uh, I think that's
0: uh, the, Okay, the album with Myth Teen and the Polka Dot Lights is on it Bloom Teen Dream or Teenage Dream, that's the one the, With uh, Norway, one them, I and believe
1: then, And then Bloom
0: Bloom, yeah Bloom, is the one Bloom with the that's what it's called, lights. okay Right, uh, right, in the song Myth
1: So, yeah uh, So, discovering all those yeah, bands no, I, really Furthered my yeah. love of dream pop And it's one of my favorite genres of rock Or favorite genres of music mm-hmm. Um, right, right, right. I think it's right up there with grunge for me.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would put that high just because I think like shoegaze in general is is like a better form of dream pop, mm-hmm. but there, there's some dream pop that uh, definitely sticks out. And here, actually, the album we're discussing right now is what Pitchfork uh, claimed to be the greatest dream pop album of all time, and uh, yeah, I, I would agree. So, Let's get should we? It. D- Dig in? Okay.
1: Let's dig in.
0: It's a pretty, it's actually a pretty quick listen. And one thing about the Cocto Twins is that their sound before, they had lots of weird sort of Eastern sounding instruments here and there. Their songs went on forever often. And this one is a very concise album, only one song over five minutes. Yeah. Um, one song that's almost five minutes, which is to me the best song on the album, the best song they ever made. And then every other song is three minutes in some. And they're, they're like between like 3.12 and 3.31, so they're very consistent. Yeah. So let's start off with the their most listened to song on Spotify, Cherry Colored Funk. Cherry Colored Funk is funny because the title is totally wrong. They have some funky tracks on the album. (laughs) Cherry Colored Funk is not actually funky. No. There's, There's not a lot of grooves going on or whatever. It's um I don't know. It's it's got a um sort of pulsating uh verse and chorus and swirling
1: guitar
0: yes swirling guitar and it's like a bright cheery kind of song yeah and although it's one of their more more listened to songs i don't i don't consider it one of my favorites on the album i think it's good yeah i think it's ranked somewhere in the middle um uh her her voice in the, the 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 song is well it's quite good but it's very subdued and at points in the verse, and then she she wails really high during the chorus, and but it's just the the song it, like it's just do 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 like it keeps going at the same pace pretty much the whole song. And I, I I really like the the part of the song where she starts to sing about tigers or whatever like the bridge of the song where she goes a register lower in her singing is good but it's like it's a weird song like i'm not sure if you've heard songs like this but do you, do you ever listen to songs that to me for the most part disappoint me there's some exceptions where it's basically just the song ha- sometimes like has a bit of a chorus or whatever or a bit of a verse but it's basically one thing the whole time yeah. like one melody yeah you know what it reminds me of because of the first song too even though the the structure is similar even though the song the styles are way different it's kind of like i want to be adored yeah and then cherry colored funk has that it it builds it builds and it 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 builds to something nice but it's not necessarily like an explosive anthemic chorus. Mm -hmm. they don't pull a pearl jam or nirvana like teen spirit they don't do that at all um they don't pull the like the loud quiet kind of dynamic but what it, it does is like and because of that like I know you might even be more like this, but I, in many ways, prefer the traditional s- song structure, and it works on Cherry Colored Funk. It's a very good song it, to me. I, I don't think it should be their like most popular song.
1: No, no.
0: But yeah, it's it's nice. It is a it's a good song.
1: It's like a standout track on the album. Like I really, I like the song, but I yeah, think yeah, there's it's songs that it, are, are way better. Oh
0: for sure for sure so anyways um yeah that's how i describe that song i don't want to go too much more into it i'm not a historian on this band i'm not going to be like you know if we we're talking about like like nirvana teen spirit's like teen spirit was first performed at the ok cafe or whatever yeah no. and we we go into all that stuff and interestingly enough i read an article recently about a guy who said he went there and saw that performance oh really yes um and, and it was a recent article too i'm not sure how i got it i think it might have just been a suggestion for my algorithms but yeah the, the writer he's um i can't remember his name if he might have been writing it with rolling stone i don't know but if you if i do come across it i'll send it to you but anyways um yeah so go into the next song pitch the baby now here's a song that's actually kind of funky <laughs> track um simon raymond does a terrific job with the bass i don't think it's um i again i don't think it's one of the better songs in the album um but it, it brings in that theme of you know babies and uh maternity even though it doesn't sound like a very motherly little song especially in the context of this album but um but her her the thing about her in this is like a lot of times when she sings it's like she's like a choir singer that's showing off she's going all over like singing really high and with other music but now that there is a, a solid rhythm section in this album and i know that the rhythm section sounds retarded because there's no drummer but but it's still i mean the drum the drum machine the well that's laid down by robin guthrie is it's part of the rhythm in the album. And Simon Raymond's bass really sticks out. But her pitch... Oh, well, I'm not trying to pull off puns here with pitch the baby. I swear. Even though I'm a pun guy. It goes... It follows the bass.
2: Yeah.
0: do 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 yeah, I,
1: I really do like do 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 Her delivery.
0: Oh, her you know, delivery. On this,
1: on this song. There's a couple songs on here. There are a couple songs that... Out. I just... Yes. I like the way she fires out the... lyrics uh, even though they're not really lyrics
0: um right well she'll like she'll like enunciate some words like her lower sung stuff like the lower mid-range stuff she'll she's more she pronounces the words more but she knows she can sing so high that she just turns it into a pure instrument of dreamlike qualities that yeah like she was called um and i don't think she liked it because to me, at least, I don't think she's faking it. I think she's a rather humble musician, but she was she, and I've, I've even seen an interview where she's like seems down to earth, whatever, probably like a good person to actually talk to, even if she's reluctant. Mm-hmm. But she was called like the voice of God and yeah, yeah. I, I get the praise. I mean, it's it's solid praise. And here's what I'm going to bring in. Like, I think of that kind of stuff and I think of like, yeah, I get it. But it's like, you know, I can compare singers that, you know, I might consider like that too, like Chris Cornell. But something I want to say is that, like, what I feel about this album that reminds me of Soundgarden. Now, can you think of anything off the top of your head that makes you think, oh, yeah, this is just like that really heavy metal-influenced grunge band?
1: The a- atmosphere of the album?
0: Um, sort of, but, like, can you think of anything? I mean, it's I know it's really abstract.
1: Mm, I don't know. I can't think of anything. So
0: okay. That's... This, besides what?
1: Yeah, just her vocal range
0: her vocal range is impressive just like chris cornell's and it does have to do with that and it also has to do with the atmosphere of the album this is what how i say it, the atmosphere of the albums of super unknown and heaven or las vegas they're very cohesive they have like almost like a theme in their sound yeah. dark brooding oh, in that, like it... super unknown yeah. and sort of uh beautiful and dreamy yet somewhat melancholic At points in uh, Heaven or Las Vegas. So because they have these themes, they're like centers of gravity. And they pull in their supreme talents. And the thing is, these groups have have talented other members in it, besides Cornell and Fraser, right? Like they're really gifted songwriters and musicians. But because they find that theme, the, the voices get subdued. Chris Cornell is not singing at his highest or most powerful in super unknown, but he is singing at his best. Yeah, he 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 sounds so fucking sinister on Fourth of July when when he's just when he's just mumbling those those verses mm-hmm. I thought it was the Fourth of July. And then there's just that that. Then the, the fucking snare hits, and there's yeah. that marching rhythm, and it's br- slowly building up. And then he sings high in the chorus. He doesn't sing as high as like something like Birth Ritual.
1: No. I don't know or, if he ever reaches that range on the album.
0: No, he doesn't. And it's... But it's so fucking beautiful and well done like sometimes some bands have like that's what the 70s could never learn was to how to like you have all these talented musicians how do you get them to like tone it down to make the best music possible
2: yeah
0: and it's like that's how i feel like with a lot of metal bands not What's it's not my neil style Young's of music
1: quote on uh having talented band members
0: neil young has a famous quote on that
1: yeah fuck, well, it was a really good quote you you've said it a couple times Hmm. Um, it was,
0: it's escaping me right now
1: I oh, can't remember but it was like kind of a smart ass comment
0: it's basically like if your musicians are too good the music won't be yeah something, along something like that something like that Yeah, and I, I, I get it but like Soundgarden was super talented but they, they they they, toned it down and yet they were still heavier like the atmosphere of super unknown if you haven't heard the album um it's to me it's a top five yeah. album for me of all time to me it might be my favorite non-nirvana album yeah that's high praise for me i think that should be high praise for anyone um if you think it's better than a nirvana album you know what i'm going to disagree that's better than nevermind or in utero but i understand mm-hmm. it's fucking great Maybe one of the most emotionally complete albums that I've ever heard, even though the emotions seem very similar. Very angry, yeah. very brooding, very dark. Um, actually, to me, not that depressing. Angry yeah. and almost evil. Mm-hmm. The album sounds evil and creepy in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's represented lyrically, too. Like the day I tried to live when he talks about hanging from the power lines of watch the martyr stretch. Now, that's a fucking lyric sorry okay I'm, I'm getting jacked up thinking about super unknown right now but anyways so that's what happens with this album too heaven or las vegas you take this super talented singer you say hey we're going to actually like people can say all they want about freedom and music and chaos but order matters they're like you're going to be you're going to sing you're still going to use all your talent you're going to sing high you're going to speak in tongues that a point but it's not going to take away from the melody or the composition of the song
2: yeah
0: which to me it it did sometimes and that does not happen here and we're going to go to the next song which is where the the album really kicks it into gear ice blink luck
1: That's my favorite song from the
0: it's not my favorite song but i get it
1: it's really good i really love her melody on this song um and i really like the bass line it almost reminds me of like new order the bass line age of consent or, or something like that it's just a really yes. good bass line it's got a great tone on it um and like i said i really love the, the melody that she has on this song
0: yeah it's i don't know it's uh the melody is great
1: a really like beautiful happy sounding song
0: it, it's blissful you yeah. know it's just that that whole dun, 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 like the, the the bouncing sort of light sprinkling guitar <laughs> i don't know it's like that shimmer that yeah. it's like it's sh- this album's full of shiny guitar it, it almost sounds sometimes like a really good keyboard or synth, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a fucking guitar, and it's played so well. And it just—it's a catchy. It's a mid-tempo song,
2: yeah.
0: but it's weird. Her, she doesn't overspend herself with her singing. Yeah, her voice is fluttering, um, and it just—it's it, a song that just keeps going. It's got a good energy. It's not, but it's not too fast of a song but it's the, it's the closest they have to a pure rock song maybe on the album.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I don't know. I have a note here. Is it weird to say her voice is buttery? I don't know. It's just something about her voice
1: yeah, that like it slides all over the place. Yes,
0: it does. Um yeah, the the riff, the opening riff is terrific. It's it just sets the template. Slippery. <laughs> See, now we're getting sexual and I do not think of this <laughs> as a sexual album at all. Um,
1: I, just, I can't get over the bass line. It just sounds so fucking good.
0: That like... Dum, dun, 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 like, that, yeah, like that repeated just thing. It is just it. It, so is, good. it is fucking good bass. And I don't know. It's it's a catchy song. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe the song. This is a hard to describe band. Because I can't even... Like with Nirvana. Yeah, I'll fuck up the riffs when I go... Dum, dun, 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 but at least you know you're like... Oh yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that before. Or like you can follow the melody. This this band you can't follow melodies they switch all the time for and sometimes it's to their detriment sometimes it's not good a lot of times it's it's actually very good like they go and especially on this album they go from one good melody to another within the same verse like a very melodic band on this album
1: contributed to that um i think from what i was reading if i remember correctly uh they never like sat down and had like song is already planned out they would kind of just make it like improvise or they would just come up with it on the spot for this album for this album i think
0: wow because that's that's strange because um i think it's they they like there's a bit of that but it sounds it sounds so together mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like there's a note wasted on the album yeah to me at least i don't know it's uh i don't know it's just one of those th- uh i don't know
1: so I think that's why they're able to have so many excuse me uh, so many different melodies within or or have a song where it switches from one melody to the other and just has like weird strong, song structures and I think right. it really works for them.
0: Right, it it does. But you know what, they match to do that without and even uh and change all sorts of like uh ranges and pitches and you know what they don't the, 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 all these different melodies sound like they fit. I think yeah. in other stuff they don't because i think their problem before at least i would hear sometimes is that they like they'd switch they'd switch pace too mm-hmm. like fast slow and that, they don't really work at least for the few times that they do it and i know if someone's listening you're a big cocktail twins fan you're like what's the song pointed out honestly i'm not a huge fan of the band overall yeah. but this album and i have to listen to more of them and i think i could become a huge fan but oh, this is about like
1: as per usual
0: yeah, well, that we usually
1: happens. Band, and then we're like, oh yeah, this is pretty good, and then we just start fucking digging deep into them and it's Right. To for but months. I
0: discovered them so many years ago, and I never became a huge fan of them. But but I became a big fan of the album.
1: It's time to sit down and like fully listen true. to their stuff as we have true. other bands. Yeah, no,
0: that's true. And I I've I think I've known it's...
1: Of them for years, and I just like you know I, I had only heard up until this point um heaven or las vegas or cherry colored funk and i was like oh these are pretty good but you know i prefer the other stuff that i listen to but now you know just getting into them and listening to their other stuff like oh yeah they're pretty good that's the point of this podcast we're gonna we're gonna learn and we're gonna grow together
0: we're gonna find new stuff that we enjoy we're going to you know i guess grow our tastes or at least uh develop them um although i i say that like what we like like, we kind of know what we're going to like. Like, I think, I mean, dude, damn it, Eric, I think there's maybe like a very st- tiny smidgen of very particular country music I could get you to listen to. Chris but Stapleton? it's so small that what Chris, Stapleton. Chris Stapleton's good. But I think Since like guys like, Dw- yeah, he does. But I think guys like Dwight Yoakam are pretty damn good. But you know what? It's like it it, will, it would be hard to to get you to like a lot of his music. And even myself, like, I'm still a very casual country listener. I'm, I like a lot of Hank Williams or whatnot. But anyways, I'm going to go into the next song now. 50-50 clown. clown. It's it. This song hits you. It's like, boy, they went back to the 80s. The weird thing about this song is to me it's not like one of the more remarkable tracks. No, no It's basically like it's basically like waiting for Heaven or Las Vegas. Um, it's a
1: little appetizer.
0: It's an appetizer song that's a good way to put it because appetizers don't suck. You can have very delicious garlic bread. This yeah. is the fucking garlic bread. And Heaven or Las Vegas is that like perfectly made uh, plate of spaghetti. If anything, it's more like haggis because it's Scottish. But I've never haggis. Ate, eaten haggis. Um, but yeah, no, fifty-fifty clown lo is weird though because her she keeps her voice very light. It's delicate. Yeah. It's it stays high, but it's not a powerful high. The it's song like just a, never
1: really goes anywhere.
0: It's a it's a it's a marijuana high. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't go too many places, but I don't think
1: that's not a bad oh. thing
0: no no I honestly I don't think cherry colored funk goes too many places but I think that's a better song just because it it uses her vocals better than 50 50 clown 50 50 clown is maybe the worst song
1: uh no there's another one on here but another one on here that kind of reminds me of like depression cherry era um beach house I mean beach house was influenced by the cocktail twins obviously um so like is it that. obvious? I think it's obvious, kinda. Just from the sound? Yeah, just from the sound. Yeah. 5050 um, clown kinda sounds like it could have been off Depression Cherry. There's another one on here. Um, I wear your ring. But,
0: uh... I think I wear your ring is better. I'm actually a pretty yeah, big fan I of it. Like it more. But, uh, can I get into the next...
1: No, we're s- gonna drag this out for as long <laughs> as we can. Uh, yeah. no, go ahead.
0: Heaven or Las Vegas? Oh, yes. Heaven lo- or Las Vegas. It's the title of the album. It's also a song. Now, on to I Wear Your Ring. No, okay.
1: Vegas kind of remind you of uh, um, what's it called kind of reminds me of uh, the Smith's How Soon Is Now I don't know why
0: it does yeah. it does I think the song's a lot better yeah Um.
1: almost like the same type of guitar melody like a little part of it
0: right but without that it's tremolo effect yeah not that dirt 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 it's I love like
1: the chorus of the song though it's definitely oh. my favorite part of the song right and it, it just is comes together blends together
0: this song is... is yeah this song has like a good melody it's not the most all over the place or fancy melody but it's kind of sadder but it just everything melts in the yeah. song that but it melts sense. but it's not in a soft way it's like the guitar to me is like it's shimmering it's maybe one of the more heavy ones I think of this as like i don't know why but sometimes i hear the song and i, I get like a little bit of a goosebumps um, oh i can get goosebumps from being outside in like plus 10 weather like seriously plus 15 celsius like i don't i'm i'm sensitive to goosebumps but um no um i'm trying to think of the song uh why can't i think of it? it's my favorite i think of i only said by my bloody valentine But it's not as repetitive as that. Mm -hmm. And frankly, to me, this band, even though their songs are shorter, they're not as repetitive as My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine will continue a riff for three minutes at the end. Okay, let's get back to this. Heaven or Las Vegas.
1: Very iconic guitar riff, I think.
0: Yeah, it is the strongest riff to me on the album. To me, it's my favorite song. And when she starts singing, like, Was it sitting on a fever stream or I don't know It just when she sings that and she never goes too high with her voice But it's just that that buttery sound and just like the the guitar just shimmers I know I know
1: I like this is very rare for this band But I really like the lyric Am I just in heaven or Las Vegas It's It's whichever is more brighter than the sun is to me
0: Yes that is pretty that's pretty beautiful and, um, I don't think they have bad lyrics. It's just that I don't, I can't hear their lyrics a lot. Well, so I'll, um, I'll look into them.
1: What's her lyrics? Sorry, yeah, all it's, all not, singing, time, it's, it's like, not singing. It's not singing on a fever, fever stream. Lyrics. Right. It's, right. Um, it's called glossolalia. Yeah. Which is speaking in tongues. Non, yeah, nonsensical words. Sometimes she would take. Uh, words in different languages and and put them in her song or in her lyrics to create abstract lyrics pretty much so if you so, can't understand what she's saying it's probably because it's a different language
0: right no that's fair but like yeah you're right singing of a famous street i want to love i've all the wrong glory but the way she sings that she goes i want the love of all the wrong glory like she like she <laughs> Seriously, that's a bad job. But like, you get what I'm saying. Like, she like it becomes that the melody becomes a staircase. She like she goes smoothly, and then she just goes D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. like she's abrupt and it's weird. But it flows. Yeah, but then she goes. But is it heaven or Las Vegas? But you're much more brighter than the sun is to me. And I don't know. But I I can hear this the lyrics heaven or Las Vegas well. And yeah. it's weird, this album, it's bright or whatever, and they put the neon sort of red in the title, but yeah. I don't think of Las Vegas. This music doesn't sound like Shallow
1: when Vegas shit. I, when I listen to this album, it makes me really want to grab a cherry cola. <laughs> well, this next message is brought to you by our sponsors, Coke. <laughs> um, just kidding.
0: And you know what's really good? The the guitar verse that leads to the last chorus it's not a pure like the solo, bridge. the bridge, yeah. but just guitar. It just carries the melody, and it's not, like, it's not like a bridge that Nirvana would do, you know, where it, mm. where it just. Uh...
1: It's a very melodic, beautiful bridge. Yes. The, the, uh, the the, e- yeah, the ending of the song. Oh, fuck, it reminds me of. I think it's a song by Ride, like the ending of the song as well. Or, or
0: you are you talking about the bridge, the bridge at the end?
1: I guess it's the bridge at the end yeah right.
0: I, I thought you're talking about like the fading out part I'm like that's not that special of a part of the song. but yes, the the chorus is repeated a lot and it's when it's you have a great chorus, I prefer you do that in a song. They yeah. do it so much. Yeah. I don't know they're just like to me it sounds like if I ever go to Las Vegas or any place, like, well, Las Vegas, like, is to me a shallow place I don't really want to go to. Yeah. It's like just, I don't care about gambling that much. But just to see the lights or whatever, or even, hell, even if I was on a nice mountain peak, if I go to Scotland, that song is just that, it's, it. you know, this, you know, this, uh, it's not the most highly sung, like, it, in, in terms of pitch, it's not the highest of their, their oeuvre for sure, but it is the most anthemic song I can think of by that. It, it yeah. is just... It, it's a sweeping song. Everything just moves perfect. And I love her vocals in the verse. Mm-hmm. How it tails away at the end. It's its just, it's fucking smooth. It's like, it's like I can he- see the whooshes of her singing. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint why the song's good. Just fucking listen to it. If you haven't heard it and you're listening to this, stop wasting your time with this. Fucking listen don't to that listen song. listen
1: to us. Listen to Cocktail Twins.
0: Yeah, and then come back and listen to us. Yeah. And then give us money.
1: <laughs> but anyways, um, um okay, next song is ring I wear your
0: ring that?
1: This is another song where I really like her delivery just right very uh, it's almost like she's just singing it singing it all in one breath you know
0: and she has a very peculiar rhythm to delivering yeah yeah it's like stutter stops stutter are up to and it never it's not too abrupt but it definitely goes at a weird pace but yeah. an atypical one at least for me but the thing about this song i wear your ring is when you first hear it you're like is this going to be a like an even crappier version of toto or africa by toto because they they start with that like sort of like falling rainforest sound that's typical like a cliche african music sound it's like don't do it don't do it but it fucking works and then the rest of the song comes in and it's, it's much better but it's just like she just keeps kind of driving it forward and um i like how the song changes tune at the end the coda the ending of the song is great and her voice in the song it pulsates you know how the the, like a lot of the the album the guitar the guitar and especially the bass they're just like it's like pulsating it's like a heart it's like do 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 like it just keeps going but it her voice pulsates at the end it is great I, I I think it's an understated song and it, this is a song where when she sings low she sounds better she's so good at singing like she doesn't have a super low voice but when she sings the low parts I, like say what you want about how great she can hit like notes that are like at the top of Everest I don't care this album is great because they, they keep her within... The, she she u- uses and experiments in, with her voice in so many ways without going too far. It's just... It's just a sublime sound. And that's what I think... I think this song is like... It's got a slow, steady pace, but it's like her voice pulsates and it's just very appealing in that sense. Yeah. And and same with the bass. The bass and the the, the the guitar and the song are very good too. But next, I want to go to... Another one of my favorites. Fatsa Politik. Fatsa politic is well she's she's trying to be german here but politic in german or politics will have a k not a c sorry elizabeth your german's off but <laughs> fatsa politic means cunt politics now i'm not sure if she's just being rude about you know being a mom and pushing a baby out the vagina <laughs> i don't know Maybe she hated politics or politicians. It probably means a whole lot of nothing. I don't know. I'm not looking at the lyrics right now, when I, but
1: when I, uh, when I hear this song, especially yes. like the opening of it, reminds me of just like being on the countryside or, or or something.
0: You know, I this is what I was thinking in my head. If I were, because right now, people who are listening might not know, but I have a job now as a copywriter. Um, and content specialist, but basically what I'm doing is I write Material for promotional material or just descriptions online, but a lot of ads. Okay, and I, I, I write radio commercials now, too But if I were to write television commercials and my job was to pr- promote the country of Scotland That That's that song would start and as soon as that first note hits after that You know that growing sound yeah. that crescendo when it hits I would show the Scottish Highlands. Yeah. And probably put a very attractive woman on. Just to. Just to. I I was going to say to spice things up, but I don't think spice when I think of Scotland. Probably put some redhead. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Just general Scottish shit. Maybe me in a kilt, because I'm one eighth Scottish.
1: Uh, That would for sure get everybody (laughs) to go to Scotland.
0: Yeah, it would. It would, Eric. What uh, did
1: there look like? Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. Pale and uh, curly Nothing wrong with Pale,
0: bucks. Eric. <laughs> I just came getting you backtracked. like, no, no, no. I didn't want to say anything about pasty-screen people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just... It's it's such a lovely, like... It's, it's Basically, this song is like, isn't it a lovely day? Yeah. I feel like, a like
1: this being. kind of... Yes guitar riff especially um i guess the bridge of the song man this band has a lot of fucking and, bridges
0: and her her her, her singing you're talking about glossolalia before mm-hmm. but she does that in the low verses do you notice how she sort of rolls her tongue yeah and it just yeah it's swaying it's like one of those it's like a, it's like a hammock of a song a more powerful yes. hammock. I mean, yes. hammock makes a hammock makes it sound like oh, it's like a lazy sack of shit. Like no, no, this this
1: song I is. Would love to listen to the song. Eric, like, I had the same swing note intensely here. Intensely on a hammock in a. Hammock.
0: <laughs> in Scotland, in like Scotland. on a mountain. Um Yes, yeah, it's, it's got swing rhythm. It it shows great range, mm-hmm. but she doesn't go over the top. Of it. it starts with she sings very high and then she goes low. And here's the thing: is that in this song, the the big part of the song is actually the verse. The chorus is more subdued. Yeah, and yeah. I do like the chorus, and it's a lot of you know a lot of like sort of speaking in tongues, like rolling her her R's or whatever, just to yeah. make those lower sounds. It's very good. Um,
1: another and, great but, ending to the song to a song on this album.
0: Yes, yeah, where, you know, where that, th- well, the guitar sort of crescendos like in the beginning, but you can hear her sing at the same time and everything's going. But you could hear it at the end is, and it goes, and it has that sort of wind down like to end yeah. the song. Yeah. And usually you think of that and it's like, oh, that's going to be lame. No, it works wonderfully. And you know what? I've, I've given um, her so much credit so far, but this song is a great guitar song.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Like the ending guitar, just the the whole the, oh, the intro. Course. The rhythm the swing rhythm i feel like Um, they kind of
1: have um similar guitar to the smiths like in terms of how much it like jumps or jumps around jangly you know
0: it's jangly but it's got to me it's got more of a rich luster to it where the smiths is more like smiths is. i wouldn't say it's they're jazzy but they got that 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 sort of rhythm that goes and like they um they're To me, their music as well tries to complement Morrissey's singing. And his is like that sort of like posh kind of swaying androgynous voice of his. That's kind of low, but it's like very, very moody and sensitive voice. Mm -hmm. Where in this song, but here, the the funny thing about this song is that, you know, it's like her voice keeps going up and down and up and down. The guitar follows it and it does a very good job so yeah it's very blissful tune um yeah the blaring fuzz that comes in around 245 is some of their best guitar work yeah and she's basically just going la 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 or whatever in the background you know when she does that part terrific um not a long song it's just it basically ends that way great ending okay now now we're getting to one of my favorites Wolf in the breast. Yeah. Oh my god. subdued more it's it's like a, this is a fucking modern day lullaby yeah. and and it's about like you can just the the lyrics are like under my shirt have to amass sing the taint sling the tainted words i'm sling each the arm the taint? <laughs> jesus the tainted words and i'm each arms they fall on so the it's like it's my body puzzles the trick in me I lend it out to borrow it might survive basically like yeah I'm leasing my body to this baby and then my baby cries laughing on my bed I pretended I knew the way especially when and then it just talks about like you know sort of like the struggle of having that that baby but like the way she enunciates the words she gets she just goes like the rhythm and swing it's so good and she this is where her middle sub her middle low singing voice comes in and it's i i don't know how to describe it like this is a song that i kind of slept on like i've listened to all their like their i guess i put in quotes their hits and by hits i just mean like they weren't really hits but like the songs that kind of lasted for fans like the the fan favorites like heaven or las vegas or uh cherry colored funk ice Blink cluck like those like the ones with millions and millions of views but yeah. Well, I mean, not that many millions. It's not like a fucking modern top forty piece of shit, yeah. auto-tuned song. But um, I really like the infor-
1: guitar in this song.
0: Yes, it's, yes, it's 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 sort of just mellow, very dreamy, dreamy, jangly. it's dr- it's dreamy without obsessing, right? Yeah. It's dreamy but without obsessing about fuzz. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know what? The, the guitar is kind of like. If Dream Pop had like a Nevermind, like I was saying before, very clean but clean in a very good yeah, way. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, I love that. Like the you, it feels like a song about like a child or a baby. Yeah. Like not even just like the lyrics, like, and the, the lyrics you can hear a little bit better in this song than her average song, but you still can't hear them that well. Um. Yeah, Guthrie's chiming guitar, and yeah, the bass is very good in the song. It just kind of marches in the rhythm. It's just like each the notes are like ding, 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 ding. like it just it keeps coming at you without being overbearing and it rocks back and forth
1: yeah
0: the song for sure um it's i don't know it's it's in my it's in the top half of songs in this album oh, sure. maybe 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 third yeah, if i was yeah, to put I it like around like ice blink luck in heaven or las vegas yeah like as the two best songs yeah. but yeah i really love it okay so now um i don't have too much more to say about that road river River, and rail Rail. okay this song i've described it as it's like a long winding rem song but from a voice and face much prettier than that of michael stipes (laughs) I don't mind his singing. I'm not a huge fan yeah. of R.E.M. Early R.E.M. is better. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to make fun of Michael Stipe. Because he's a fucking easy guy to make fun of. And it's just fun. He just looks fucking weird. <laughs> There's something about him. Um, and I, I wrote him his name down as Michael Styles, Even though I know it's Stipe. <laughs> <Stiles>. <laughs> M- must have auto-corrected on me or something. Or I just spelled it wrong. But yeah, it's it. Her, her, this is her most subdued on the album, and it doesn't it doesn't have one of those big anthemic choruses. But it's still it's got a nice melody without being super catchy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's her their most effective song. No, I don't. So, uh... I, I, I think it's better than the. Oh, which one is it better than the clown Fifty Fifty Clown? Yeah. And Fifty Fifty Clown is. M- to me that one and well maybe pitch the baby is better probably 50 50 clown is is probably the worst song
2: and maybe cherry colored maybe
0: cherry colored funk is like second or third worst and i don't even mind it yeah well i don't know maybe i like it more than pitch the baby but it's like i don't know maybe i am just because it's apparently their most popular song and i think that's that's at least by spotify standards maybe it was in a movie though or something i don't know sometimes these songs just appear in movies Mm -hmm. that someone choose or here's an
1: appearing in twin peaks or something
0: right here's another thing though i found out you know that really shitty canadian singer who was at the super bowl the weekend
1: yes
2: with that
0: uh, terrible He he said that so i mean okay i don't think he is the worst top 40 guy but that doesn't say much i don't think his music's good um next one the worst titled song on the album but a song foxes in midsummer fires
1: off pretty weak, but once it gets going, it gets good.
0: Right. You if you first hear the song, it it goes back to it's like, oh my god, another fucking 80s track.
2: Yeah.
0: And you get the synth and stuff, and it's not like it's the synth isn't as interesting. It is the synth isn't as interesting in like as it's something like I Wear Your Ring. And actually it's probably the opening synth might be less interesting than the Synth in Fifty Fifty Clown, which is the worst song. But it, it's it starts off just I don't know you might think of like a bland verse yeah. but when she starts dipping lower into those those like grooves she has these same grooves in the song and they're they're very good
1: I don't know how to um
0: it's like
1: I don't know, I, again this is another song where I love her delivery she's firing those lyrics out at machine gun pace or something it's just very
0: it's rhythmic yeah. she just keeps it going at a certain rhythm um you can hear the lyrics a so, bit but it's just
1: yeah i'm i, I think I, with this song i it sounds like it could have been a cranberry song could it definitely could have see been. it being a cranberry song
0: yeah i don't know i just i, I almost feel like just going to the part and I know I'm listening to you on one end, but I'm going to with low volume play it in my ear oh, and see what, what it, Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah, like
1: once once that I I don't know, is it a verse or a chorus? But once it hits I, the song gets or a it. Or it's heavier, like
0: it's like it's the so ver- it's a verse that leads up to a chorus me but then it just i love the the swing and the other her voices da, da, da. and that is the blend is so good and yeah. i mean i don't know how to how to rank this album if i if it's, i wanted to it's hard right because it's it's consistent i, it's I think i'd have like to put all the
1: songs are like one you know it's like one long song with just different they just all blend well together.
0: You, you know, you're you right, they do. I don't know, if I, if I put this together, it would be like... Heaven or Las Vegas... Wolf in the Breast... Ice Blink Luck... Fru Fru Foxes and Midsummer Fires... Maybe... Fotza Politic... I Wear Your Ring... Cherry Colored Funk... Pitch the Baby... Road, River, and Rail... And then finally... Fifty Fifty 50
1: I think I would go... Ice Blink Luck <sighs> Heaven or Las Vegas Fru Fru Fotsie Politic Cherry Colored Funk Pitch the Baby Oh shit
0: You forgot oh, Wolf in to, the Breast
1: Yeah I need to redo that okay, Fru Fru Heaven or Las Vegas Fotsie Politic Wolf in the Breast that's five. Okay. Cherry colored funk, pitch the baby. I wear your ring. Uh, fifty clown and then, ro- or ro- maybe Road River, and Rail, and then fifty fifty clown.
0: Yeah, Road River and Rail to me is 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 more beautiful than fifty fifty clown, but it's maybe a little more dull. Yeah, and, it, and yeah. it takes longer to get even though it's only 321 it feels like a long song mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to insult it i still think it's a good song but anyways yeah yeah, yeah it, i think the yeah. worst
1: thing about fru, fru foxes is if they only do that that verse or chorus or whatever it is twice in the song i wish they would have done it like at least one more time
0: yeah the chorus to me in all apologies needed to be done at least one more time yeah yeah to me yeah and it's still a, it's a masterpiece of a song See, maybe the, the thing,
1: best that's the good thing about oasis is they'll take like the best part of the song and they'll just keep repeating it.
0: Yeah, and you know what some people get bored by that, but man, fuck if you have a great if you have a great chorus and they'll just like live forever, how many times and they just like they just like drag it out at the end. Just and I don't care away. how it slide away. Going. And you know what you know what really pisses me off when a band fucking finds a great formula and they fucking abandon it and they never find it again? It's like do you guys just not know how to make songs anymore? You're not mm-hmm. fucking trying? Some bands don't know how to come back. Which is a topic that should going
1: to be a segue into our next episode.
0: Uh, you're getting a little too hopeful. I'm not sure if I'm going to be talking about comebacks. <laughs> anyways, yeah. that's been the album Heaven or Las Vegas. I don't know if you how much more time you have, Eric, how much you want to talk more about it. But I don't want to end it off with just talking about the songs. I want to talk about what this kind of music means to me. Um, this album is not my favorite album ever. I mean, that's that's a stupid thing to say because, like, yeah, I have one favorite album ever, and it's In Utero by by Nirvana. Okay, that's my favorite album. It's been my favorite yeah, album for years. It was In
1: Utero by uh, the Bee Gees.
0: Oh, the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees cover album is terrific, but no. Oh, God, my mom and Brandy love listening to the Bee Gees. But anyways, they they originally sound just like kind of like Beatlesy y rip-offs, but they... They, they basically evolved with the times and made a shit ton off of disco. Yeah, I don't know, it's just, this music is kind of like life changing, life altering, perspective altering. Like this is yeah. the, kind, not saying that like, oh, I decided to have children or I decided I want children because of this album. But if you don't want children, you listen to this album, all I'm gonna say is that you're gonna try to find your girlfriend or the nearest woman on the street and pump her full of babies. <laughs> no but seriously it's just like this the song has it's it's such a has such a lush quality to it it feels it feels like a warm fuzzy heavenly so the, blanket the
1: thing is dream pop sounds like dream pop is what love would sound like or falling in love would sound like. yes
0: it, it is it's, it's kind of that feeling too and i get that feeling and you know i got that feeling with you know my fiance. there's just something i I don't know They're gonna sound fruity here but magical i just clicked um very early on she's just very warm loving person and i wish i got her more into music and we we spent more time listening to music because we need to do that and music has influenced basically much of my personality i'd consider too without going too over the top and saying music is everything it's not everything it's but it's a lot and it's just it's this is these are the kinds of This is the type of album that you don't just say, oh, it's a really good album. This is the kind of album that makes you happy to be alive. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's just something that the album warms over you and it's got a beautiful feminine quality. I know almost all the music I like is heavy rock music Uh, and it generally tends to sound masculine, not like retarded metal masculine, but I mean. Strong, rough vocals, a lot of angst and anger, yelled from male vocals. But this, this album just, like, it's, they call it ethereal music. It's like, it feels like a vapor, like the air just washes over you. And this, it's just a weird, it, it's, it's, it gives me a swirling feeling in my head, and it's Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that. I like when I'm in my car and heaven or Las Vegas comes across my playlist. I've got to crank it up. I've got to blast it. It's it. it's basically what art should be. It should appeal to the emotions. It should be. It should be wild, but should be constrained. It should have some sort of order to it. Beauty should be the goal of, I think of most art and just bring out emotion. And this is one of the most beautiful albums you could possibly hear. Mm-hmm. It's, like you can i'll let you speak to it more eric i don't like this kind of music um it can be a little bit too much for me after a while because you know it's still it, it's it's a 1990 album but it very much sounds like the 80s like the good part of the 80s but like the more underground more british oriented music from the 80s but like it still got a lot of like but they managed to it manages to work out like when i've listened to new order and like it's like oh but new order is like electronic music like i'm not supposed to like it because i hate electronic music for the most part but you hear new order and they you like i know new order never really released an album this good maybe yeah um what's that one with the roses on it uh, power uh, love power something in innocence power corruption lies yeah okay but yeah no but it's just like because a lot of electronic music is just like it's just dance music it's just obnoxious mm-hmm. loud beat music but heaven or las vegas is is like eric i'm not sure how to describe this if you're high or drunk with your girlfriend or your wife or someone you love it's it brings out that kind of feeling in your your brain it's like this euphoria you feel yeah. immense pleasure but it's not it's not a shallow thing it's not it's just, like, uh, Eric, I, I've Talk described it enough. Sure. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, great music should be hard to describe. And when you describe it, it should sound like you're kissing its ass. Because that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but there's nothing, like, the album doesn't go too long. It's not too short, though. The The songs feel complete to me, even though they're not long. They repeat the choruses enough for the most part, <laughs> um, and the verses they have they have enough variety, but they all sound like they could be the same song at the same time.
2: Yeah.
0: There, there's no like no. The weird thing about this album is I don't think there's two songs that actually sound like the other, but at the same time they all sound like they connect. Yeah.
2: yeah
1: like they,
0: the they the they melodies are distinct. s or the style is the same. That's how I'd say.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's I don't know I don't, I'm not sure exactly what. What brought out the quality in this music. But I just. <sighs> Eric if you want, I know you gave me some music recommendations. You texted over to me recently. But if you ever hear another band. That kind of reminds you of. Cocteau Twins. Especially the album Heaven or Las Vegas. And I mean I have lots of Cocteau Twins to listen to. I've heard promising stuff from other records. Maybe I'll like some other ones better. But just like to me. this It has like, like this sort of. 90s rock but at the same time a, a I dream pop to listen sound
1: to uh hatchy 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 yeah she you,
0: it's not wax a hatchy no, right no
1: this is hatchy she's from australia um but she, well her stuff is like heavily influenced by uh the cocktail twins oh okay it's good yeah I, I like her a lot she's really good okay
0: i'll have to keep a note of that hatchy um going back to heaven or las vegas um it's just it it's kind of like the it brings out a lot of emotion the album but it's mostly all positive like i i am definitely going to try to get some of these to be played at my wedding i'm not sure how many people are going to be at the wedding but the song heaven or las vegas definitely has to be played maybe some other ones um although there's so many bands i like and plus i have to I have to put some of her music on my thing basically was like don't put any music with a shit ton of swearing you can put the occasional stupid pop song on or whatever fortunately she likes some like you know like she, she, not like dig too deep stuff but like mm-hmm. you know like old weezer and her fauna she'll listen yeah. to that some of the better chili pepper stuff like whatever yeah that's fine um it's not like like i'm such a prick about this stuff it's like i'll say like yeah it's not fantastic or Waldnerfon well, is fantastic, but like, it's just like you can listen to more good shit. But like, it's like I don't know. You catch more flies with honey, and that's definitely that way of my fiance. If I treated her like crap over this, we definitely wouldn't be together. Um, but I think like I found music that she likes that appeals to her sort of sweet nature and her sensibility, and I think this music would do that too. All right, so this has gone for quite a while. I'd like to thank all all the listeners all maybe two or three tops um who listen to this um i hope you enjoyed it and i don't know uh if you haven't given the Cocktail twins a chance and i pro- i even ha- haven't given them a proper chance but if you if you want something that's pretty simple to get into check out heaven or las vegas just about any track works but especially the songs heaven or las vegas ice blink luck and Wolf in the Breast. I'd say those are three really solid choices. Um, if you want to get into the group, there's, of course, there are other songs on there that are fantastic. All And basically, thank you for listening to us. Um, I apologize because I don't have the extensive knowledge on this band, so I didn't want to get too much into their back history. I mostly just wanted to say what I, what, how these songs made me feel. Anyways, Eric, if you'd like to say something.
1: Uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for joining us and listening to us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.
0: Bye.